Again, for the context, Christ is giving his disciples a model of how to pray. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 11 say this. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Let's pray. Father, we ask that through your Son and by your Spirit, you'll be with the preacher and be with those who are hearing. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> We will not be corporately praying, um, but since you know already that Pastor Antonio was not with us this morning, uh, and seeing that I might not be here next Sunday morning, uh, depending on whether I need to go and preach where Pastor Antonio is at, uh, we will look at the fourth prayer. Uh, so far, we've considered uh, our Father in heaven. Uh, hallowed be your name, which is the first petition that we are to hallow the name of God. Uh, the second petition is his kingdom and his will being done. Uh, his, his will and, and, and all the things that uh, uh, transpire, all the things that he has decreed. And this morning we've come to a petition for many of us might be a petition that's hard for us to pray because we are so used to being self-sufficient. We're so used to getting things upon our own merit and strength. And to pray to God to give us this day our daily bread might seem a little odd. Uh, but what we see in this petition is it teaches us humility. And to help us this morning, I just have uh, three points. But we're really just looking at the words itself and how these words give us this day our daily bread teaches us one of the great virtues of the Christian faith, and that is humility. That is contentment. So we see the first word, which is the first point, and that is give. Give. Again, our text reads, give us this daily, our daily bread. We as humans love the idea of the word give, do we not? In a few months, many of us will be scrambling around various stores to buy presents to Give to our family and friends. I mean, I've already actually started uh, buying Christmas presents. When one's birthday comes around the corner, we go out of our way to give a gift. When we see a homeless person in need, we give our money and our food. So we all, in some shape or form, have been givers of money, of food, and of various gifts. But as much as we enjoy seeing our family and friends' faces when we give to them, we equally love to be the receivers of giving. We all enjoy Christmas time, for we love the idea of knowing that we will be given something. We all enjoy our birthdays, for we know that we will be given a gift. We even enjoy when someone randomly surprises us with a gift that we weren't expecting. So we love to be the receivers of the giving. In a nutshell, we all, being, we all love being given things. And friends, these things that we are given, whether it be for our birthday or whether it be for Christmas or even those random things, they're not things that we have begged someone for. 
I don't think any of us are begging our family and friends to buy us a present. I don't think many of us are begging our family and friends to buy us anything in this in this life. So we're not begging for something. But saints, we aren't to have this type of attitude when we consider this petition of the Lord's Prayer. Many of us don't beg to receive gifts. And the gifts that we receive are not things that we need out of necessity. When you are given a, a coat on Christmas, that just goes in the, in the closet with all the other coats. But saints, we aren't to have this type of attitude when we consider the Lord's Prayer. And it all begins with this word, give. Again, our text reads, give us this day our daily bread. And this word give teaches us one of the chief truths of not just the Christian life, but of life itself. And that is everything, every single thing comes from the hand of God. Again, this word give teaches us one of the essential truths, chief truths of all of life. And that is every single thing comes from the hand of God. It is God alone who supplies us not merely with just bread, but with every single thing. And this is a testimony of scripture, is it not? James 1.7 says, every good gift and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, where there is no variation of shifting shadow. All that we have is a gift from God, from the air that we breathe, to the clothes that we wear, to the roofs over our head, even the jobs that we have. It's all been given to you by holy God. And I think this truth is rejected in much of the world's minds today. Because many of us live by a do-it-yourself motto. We live by a self-sufficient motto. We even praise those who are self-sufficient. Shirts are even made and and hats are made. And on the front it says, self-made. Now, doing things yourself and being self-sufficient isn't sinful in and of itself. Don't get me wrong. We are to work. But to think that the reason that you have what you have is solely based upon your own hands is incorrect. You're actually greatly mistaken. To think that all that you have is because you went through college and you got a degree and now you have the job that you have is because of your hard work. Or all that you have is because of the job that you have. Well, saints, in the truest sense, you are greatly mistaken. All that you have is first and foremost, again, first and foremost, primarily not because of your degree. And not because of your job, but because it's been given to you by God. Friends, there aren't any self-made people in this world in the truest sense. In the truest sense, there's not a self-made man. But everything you own, everything that you've ever achieved in this life is first and foremost a product of God giving you those things. You only have because God has first gave. 
You only receive blessings because God has donated them to you. I don't know. This is hard for us to imagine. We live in America. We like to do things on our own terms. And saints, we aren't to negate second causes. We aren't to negate the things that God has given to us, the means that God has given to us to make a living. A nice job. But to think that we got those things apart from God is a great mistake. The Puritan Thomas Watson has said it best, all that we have is from the hand of God's royal bounty. We have nothing but what he gives to us out of his storehouse. We have not a bit of bread to put in our mouths unless God gives it to us. This is a humbling consideration, especially for you do-it-yourself people. Now, mind you, you can do things yourself, but to know that you're not never in this life doing things alone. But it is first God who enables you and works through you to accomplish things. And in this petition, saints, we are to humble ourselves as we beg God once again to be our provider. And notice the word I use. I said beg. Because that is the type of attitude that we are to have when we ask God of anything. When we approach prayer, we are to approach God as beggars. We are to throw ourselves at the mercy seat of God. And friends, that is what this word give signifies. And again, this is also something that's contrary to the world, is it not? Because since we live in America, we live with an attitude of entitlement. That we are owed X, Y, and Z. And even as we are Christians, because we are God's children, we think that we are owed something. Saints, older people might have rights over the government. People with disability might have certain rights over the government. That the government owes them something. Military people, veterans might have some sort of right over the government that the government owes them something. But saints, we don't have any rights over God. There is no right that you have over God that God owes you something. Even if you are, and because you are made in his image, and even because you are his children, God doesn't owe you anything. And to think that at times we can approach God as if he's, as if he's some creditor. As if he, he's owed us money for a long time. And we come to God and say, pay me what you owe me. That's not the type of attitude that we are to have in prayer. God, pay me what you owe me. That's the logic of Satan. Whatever we receive from God, first and foremost, is because we don't deserve it, not because we are owed it. Again, whatever we receive from God is first and foremost because we don't deserve it, not because we are owed it. And saints, this is the right perspective that we are to have as we come to the first word of this Lord's Day or Lord's Prayer petition. We are asking God for our daily bread, 
not as an act of right, but as an act of mercy. Lord, give to me out of mercy, not give to me out of right. Not give to me because you owe me this, but give to me, be merciful to me. We are acknowledging that all things come from the hand of God, and we are pleading that God will be gracious in providing for us. That's what we mean when we say give. We come to God as beggars, asking that he be merciful to us. Now let's consider the second point, and that is the words us and our. The words us and our. Again, our text reads, give us this day our daily bread. Notice, saints, the Lord uses the words us and our. And this suggests that prayer is just as much about our neighbor as it is about ourselves. Again, these words, us and our, suggest that prayer is just as much about our neighbor as it is about ourselves. And friends, this is one of the most fundamental truths of the Christian faith, is it not? That the Christian life is a life tied up with one another. It's not a lone ranger life. But it's a life where we live with one another. Jesus says in Mark 12, 31, the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Matthew seven twelve. So whatever you wish that others will do to you, do also to them. First John four twenty one. And this commandment that we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. The New Testament time and time again exhorts and reminds the believer that life is not merely about you. But life is also about the others around you. That we aren't to be Christians that live in isolation. Where all we care about is ourselves and our own worries. Saints, you're not the first one ever to have problems. You're not the first one to ever to go through something. But in many times, when you have a problem, when there's a situation in your life, there's someone that's going through a more harder situation, a more tougher time. Then, friends, I think that we can approach prayer in that manner, in this isolation manner where we're so focused on petitioning God, our own wants and needs. We have our own list of all the things that we want. And we can forget about the wants and needs of others. Ask yourself, friends, where are your brothers and sisters on your prayer list as far as priority goes? Are they before you or are they after you? And in this petition, we aren't just asking for our own daily bread. Notice, God, Jesus doesn't say your own daily bread, but rather <clears throat> for God to provide for our brothers and sisters as well. And think about even the brothers and sisters who are across the pond. Our brothers and sisters in Africa. Our brothers and sisters in Asia. We know what it feels like to have a little bit of food. I mean, I'm sure... Some of us, if all of our food was taken away, we can still manage to get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But imagine not having any sort of resources. And then we have Christians now, saints, as I am speaking, that are going to the river for water. 
that are scrambling around for a few extra change so they can just buy a piece of bread. We aren't to think about ourselves, but we are to think about others who are starving in this world as well. And this is what this petition teaches us. In prayer, that we are to have as much, if not more, concern for our neighbor than we do about ourselves. In prayer, we're asking God to, Lord, give my brothers and sisters bread. And if there's not enough for the both of us, then, then I'll take the crumbs. But give to them first. Let them be bread. I mean, let them be fed. This morning, saints, I exhort you to pray for one another. And it's a beautiful thing, saints, is it not to know that someone is praying for you. I remember a story, and I've said this time and time again by Joel Beakey. When he went to the hospital, he talked to a woman in the hospital, and she was in such bad shape, and he said, man, I wish I could do more for you. And she said, Pastor, you've done more for me than all these physicians combined could do for me, and that is you've prayed for me. You've prayed for me. John Newton has said it best. One of the greatest comforts I have in my life is knowing that someone somewhere in this world is lifting up my worthless name and lisping it into the ears of the Lord. That is a great comfort to have, to know that someone somewhere is lifting up my worthless, no good name to the Lord. And this petition of the Lord's Prayer teaches us that God is not just my God, but he's our God. And we ought to be concerned with our brothers and sisters as well. Let's now consider the third and final point, and that is bread. Bread. Again, our text reads, give us this day our daily bread. Now, why, doesn't, why does Christ choose to use the word bread? Why not give us this day our daily water? Or maybe give us this day our daily fish or our daily meat. But why bread? And the reason is because bread symbolizes the basic necessities of life. Bread symbolizes the basic necessities of life. It is a word that encompasses all of our physical needs. It's not really just a loaf of bread, but anything and everything that we need to survive. And this word bread teaches us that in prayer... We are asking God for the basic necessities of life and not the luxuries of this world. In prayer, we are asking God for the basic necessities of life and not the luxuries of this world. Mind you, if God chooses to give you the luxuries of this world, if he chooses to give you filet mignon and shrimp and red lobster, take it and eat it. But what this prayer is primarily concerned with is the basic things that we need to live. And saints, isn't this where popular Christianity has gone astray? Isn't this where TBN and Daystar Christianity has gone astray? The modern prosperity gospel, which is heretical, says that it's God's will for you to be rich. It's God's will for every Christian to be a king's kid and to have a, a kingdom like their father's. To have a mansion. To have many things. But here, we do not see the Lord telling his disciples to pray for riches and luxuries and mansions. But here we see 
that we are instructed to pray for bread. Not the luxuries of this world, but for bread. The things that will get us by. Pray for what you need, not what you want. And notice, saints, the Lord says to pray this day our daily bread. Which means that we are to pray to God and then come the next day and pray to God. Now, it doesn't mean that we aren't to buy things ahead of time. My wife will tell you my favorite store is Costco. I love to buy in bulk. But what this prayer teaches us is that we aren't to depend on our bulk buying, but rather depend on our God. Give us today. Let me worry about today. All the things that I need. And that word daily simply means all the things, Lord, that you have predestined me to eat today. This prayer means that we are to continue to seek the Lord to provide the food that we need. Continue to seek him. You pray on Monday, you pray on Tuesday, the same prayer. And God will provide saints. Even in light of our current situation in the world, people losing their jobs, people are unsure of their job security. People are getting sick, people are dying. If you don't get nothing out of this sermon, understand this. That if you are God's children, God will provide. In light of everything, God is going to provide. And saints, I'm looking at a people who have testimonies of God providing. You know what it feels like to be in a situation where you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And then somehow, some way, God shows himself off and he comes through. How do I know that? Let me just give you two reasons as we close. How do I know God will provide? Number one, consider what Jesus says in Matthew 6. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And notice what he says next. Are you not more valuable than they? If God takes care of the lilies in the field, the birds of the air, those who are in the barns, then what makes you think that God's not, that he's not going to take care of you? You're made in his image. You're the apex of creation. And on top of that, you are united to his son and you are his child. But also, how do I know that God will provide? Well, saints, consider your salvation. The one thing that we needed so desperately in this life is spiritual bread. The one thing that we needed in order for us to escape hell, to enter heaven, and that is a savior. And what do we see in the incarnation? When Jesus Christ, the eternal son, becomes man, we see bread coming down from heaven true bread that doesn't just sustain you physically 
but heals and elevates you spiritually. So if God has provided for you the one thing that no one, no amount of food, no amount of money could ever do for you, and that is salvation, that one makes you think that God can't handle the little things in life. If he's already tackled the big fish, he can handle all of the other ones. So saints, as we close this morning, I think one of the things that we are to consider is how to be first content in our contentment. That God, whatever you give me, thank you for it. Thank you for giving me this food today at the end of the day. Thank you for giving me clothes. Thank you for the means that you have given to me that I may have food, a great job. Thank you for giving me all these various means because they all come from your hand. And Lord, allow me now to continue to rely upon you. Rely upon and know that you have a past history of never failing me. That God, your batting average is a thousand. And you never go into a slump. But you always provide. Saints, that's how we are to consider this petition in the Lord's Prayer. That when we pray, give us this day our daily bread. We are coming to as beggars to God, asking that he provide once again. And the great news is he always does. Let's pray.